Welcome to In Clear Terms with AARP California. Join us as we dive into issues and policies that impact Californians of all ages, particularly older adults, and learn how you can connect with AARP to make our state more livable for all. I am an AARP volunteer and your host, Dr. Theon Gordon. Today, we will talk with AARP California's fraud expert and associate director of advocacy and community engagement, Strat Maloma. Strat will share with us common frauds and scams and how we can protect ourselves and others from falling victim. We'll also learn how AARP, a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization that works on behalf of 3.3 million members in California, is working to ensure older adults and people of all ages are protected from such illegal activity. Strat, thanks for joining us today. Let's jump right in. Are you? I'm good. Thank you very much for uh, inviting me and um, hello to your audience. It's always really a, a pleasure to have the opportunity to talk about our AARP Fraud Watch Network and really to share some of the um, things that we're learning and some of our resources to really help keep communities safe from frauds and scams. So thank you for this opportunity. Oh, we are happy that you're here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? and about the work that you do with AARP. Oh, my favorite topic, talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> no, I joke. I joke. Yeah, sure. It would be a pleasure to. So currently I serve as the associate director working in community. Part of my responsibilities in that role is that I'm the California lead for what we call the AARP Fraud Watch Network. I also am the California lead for technology and then more local in the LA area, I'm the ARP California lead for the Los Angeles work that we're doing with our African-American audiences, as well as our veterans and military families work. Been working on different capacities, helping people understand fraud and trying to connect people with technology ever since. The work that we're talking about today, fraud and scam prevention. So let me ask you a little about that because we want to get really clear. And that's the title of our show in clear terms. We want to understand about fraud and scam prevention work. And first, I want to ask you, why is AARP even involved in fraud and scam prevention? That really is a great question. Unfortunately, scammers and fraudsters really tend to target our constituency more so than ever. You know, whether um, it's older adults, whether it's folks who have served in the military, somehow scammers have the misperception that these are soft targets. I'll just take a step back. The work of fraud prevention and education and helping audiences keep safe has always been part of AARP's mission. And I think you really touched upon it in your introduction about our purpose. AARP is a nonpartisan, nonprofit um, organization, and we're really all about making sure older adults and their families are protected from these types of situations. Our founder, Dr. Ethel Andrus, after retiring, she went to visit a colleague and was really shocked to find the conditions that she was living in. And that for her really sparked the idea of fighting and working to ensure that older adults do have financial security. 
as we age, as we go through life, we work and we put our savings aside for the time, for our golden years, we want to make sure that by the time we get there, that those retirement savings, those funds that we put there are available. Falling victims to an identity theft or to some sort of scam can really compromise that. So it just always makes sense for us to be making sure that our members, our constituents, their families do have the information and the tools to help keep them protected from frauds and scams. Absolutely. I read where Ethel Percy Andrus, the founder of AARP, that she started with fighting against scams and frauds as early as 1965 with Social Security. Scams and frauds have been around for such a long time. And she started fighting against it, uh, not only by going to Congress and speaking and advocating against these frauds and scams and asking for laws to be put in place, but also from doing a newsletter and writing articles, which AARP does such an excellent job in putting things in perspective for people. Tell me some of the other things that AARP does in the current day to help with fraud and scam prevention. Well, let me first say this. Fraud is one of those things that is always getting bigger. It's always growing. If a fraud emerges on the East Coast and it's successful for scammers, it won't take long before it shows up in our local neighborhoods. So keeping people informed about the different types of frauds is always helpful to stay, to keep them ahead of the scammers. When I started working on this role in my role, fraud education and prevention, I think we were only talking about some 15 types of frauds and scams. Today, we are providing education and information about over close to 80 different types of frauds and scams. Or now, if, if you visit our website, you'll see information on how they work, how each of those scams work, how you can identify it, how you can protect yourself against it, and who you should contact if you do happen to fall victim to one of those scams. But some of the things that we're doing is we've brought all that work under what we're calling the AARP Fraud Watch Network. So we've introduced that. Under that, we have what we call an AARP Fraud Center where anybody can go to not not just AARP members but anybody it's it's all it's available to any member of the community whether you're AARP membership age or whether you're you're an older adult you can go there and you can find out specific tips and mechanics on how these various frauds function we also have putting out what we call our watchdog alerts where you can sign up and receive bi-weekly alerts about emerging frauds that are coming up. Again, you can receive them through email, you can receive them through text. And this is really all about the education, keeping people informed. Because if folks know about the mechanics and the red flags of a certain scam, they'll be able to identify it when somebody approaches them with it and be able to avoid it. But they'll also be able to share it with others. I really appreciate that AARP has so many different resources. now. I just want to go back a bit because you've mentioned a couple. You mentioned the Fraud Resource Center, and that one allows you to go in and figure out what is out there. What are the scams and frauds that are happening, right? And then you have, you said, Watchdog Alerts. Yes. And then you have the uh, the Watchdog Alerts. I guess you can sign up and AARP will send you information on what's happening in terms of scams that are happening in your area. Yes. And I just want to explain a little bit how that works. So a couple of other things that we have in terms of how we're fighting back is uh, we also have a scam tracking map, 
We also have an 800 number that has live operators, um, scam specialists, uh, fraud prevention education specialists are on there that can talk to you and, and, and walk you through your situation. But on the scam tracking maps is um, some way that you can go on and you can report what you're seeing in your community, in your zip code. So I guess you and I live in, in LA, but we live in different places. I'm assuming we live in different zip codes. So if there's a fraud that's tending to happen in your zip code, you can go onto this scam tracking map and report the instance. Now, with all the information that folks share there, we can take that information and provide some tips and mechanics through our watchdog alerts that we send out to folks every two weeks to let them know these are some of the emerging frauds and scams that we're seeing. What folks can also do is they can log on to that on that scam tracking map and they can put in a zip code and, and see what's being reported there. And that's really a way that we're helping to spread the information and help people have the uh, tips to protect themselves before um, it happens to them. What a wonderful resource. So the Fraud Resource Center with the tip sheets, then you have the Watchdog Alerts, the Scam Tracking Map, and the Fraud Watch Network Helpline. And all of these things, it sounds like you have them integrated so that they work together when scam tracking comes in, somebody reports something, you have it feed into the watchdog alert so it can report back out. That's amazing. I love that. With the Fraud Watch Network helpline you mentioned, what is the phone number for if anyone needed to get some assistance with fraud or scams? Sure, absolutely. I'm glad you asked that. So the number is, and I'll say it twice and I'll say it slowly, is one eight seven seven. 908-3360. Again, 1-877-908-3360. Great. So we'll repeat that back as well as we go along. So thank you for sharing that number with our listeners. I want to take us into another question for you as we talk about these different resources that you have. In order for us to identify how to use these resources, what are some of the common frauds and scams that our listeners should be aware of? I mean, personally, I have been getting a lot of banking emails as if it's my bank. They look like Bank of America or Chase Bank emails. And these emails say that my account is in jeopardy and I need to click on the button in order to make sure that my account is safe. Now, I don't click on the button. I will go directly to my account instead of following up on an email that I'm not familiar with. But what are some of the other common frauds and scams? Or is that a scam? I, I'm not sure. Maybe it is my bank sending it to me. <laughs> what what should I be aware of? And, and how would I know that it's a scam? Sure. Really, congratulations to you for being that aware, not just clicking on any link that's sent to you, even if it does look like it comes from your bank. And that's one of the big ways that we're seeing right now, whether it's texting, whether it's email, on the phone. You know, scammers are just trying to sort of really blanket, blast out these emails to folks, getting them either to download malware on their computer, click on a link so that they can um, get them that way, or through a texting. So a couple of things to do. Never click on links that you don't know who they're from or that you don't trust. It's always best, as you've done, I say correctly, to go directly to the website. 
Even when phone numbers are provided, you know, when they tell you, call us back at this number, if it's B of A, Bank of America, or uh, Chase, whatever number they provide in the email, rather use the number at the back of your card, you know, because that way you are sure that you're really getting to the correct place where you want to go. And that makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. We also see this a lot around holidays when everybody is looking to do some um, some shopping online, like the Amazon. Uh, sometimes you'll get a lot of fake spam emails claiming to be Amazon, showing some deals which are way too good to be true. And it really tempts folks to click on them. So scammers, I think, uh, are always after one or two things. One, it could be your money. Two, it could be a way to steal your identity. So even if um, you click on the link and you don't see anything happening, there's still a chance that you know they've downloaded malware on your computer, they're, tra- they're tracking maybe your passwords, et cetera, and so forth. So, so just uh, be, be aware of that. Yeah, th- those are really good points to be aware of. And are there, I know that's one of the scams I've seen is those banking type scams. But what are some of the new scams that are popping up? I know there have been some charity things coming up where people are asking for funding. In fact, I usually give to the police fund and I got a phone call asking me to support the police fund that I do on an annual basis. And they were asking me to give my credit card information over the phone. And again, because of so much fraud and scams, I didn't do it. I asked them to just send me an envelope in the mail. I know I'm killing trees, but I couldn't take the chance that I was giving my information to someone that wasn't legitimate. And so what are some of the new scams that are popping up and what should we be looking for? There's an interesting um, scam that we're sort of starting to learn about. It's the Google voice scam. So a lot of us um, on social media, we're stuck at home. We have things that we maybe want to get rid of. So we sell those on our social media sites, our Facebook, etc. What tends to happen is uh, somebody may call you back or contact you back and say they're interested in whatever item you're selling, but they're not sure if you are real or whether you're a scammer. So they're going to send you a verification code from Google and they're going to ask you to read that verification code back over the phone just to confirm that you are real. Now, what they're really trying to do is to create a Google account in your name, voice account in your name, and then they use that to scam other people. And then when that gets investigated, it always comes back to you and they get away without being part of that. So that's something new. Oh, no. That- <laughs> oh, how do these people come up with these things if only they could use their powers for good? <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, you and I sing the same song. You know, often folks feel so self-blaming when they do get caught in scams. But I think it's important for folks to know that these scammers, this is what they do. They work very hard to come up with new ways to get our money, to separate us from our money, to steal our identities. So they're always trying new tricks at that. So we definitely have to keep a couple of steps ahead of them. We absolutely do. And, and I have to tell you, I hear what you're saying when a lot of times we feel bad about getting scammed. And and there's so much negativity around the victim who's getting scammed because the, the wording that we use even is, oh, they got her or, oh, she got scammed. And it makes you feel degraded or it makes you feel like you're stupid. And so I think that's something we have to to rephrase as well, to make sure that people understand 
you are a victim if you if a scam occurs with you or fraud happens, you become a victim. And there's things that you can do about it. So empowering people to be able to speak up a little bit more and not feel like I don't want to tell anyone that I got scammed because it'll make them think that I'm stupid. Absolutely. That, that is that is 100 percent spot on. We really want to create an environment where folks are comfortable and encouraged to report instances like this, because as folks report, they share with others. It helps law enforcement and it 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 helps others. There is that that sort of victim shaming or victim blaming that we really want. We need to change change the narrative on. So thank you very much for mentioning that. Just a couple of other scams that we're also seeing coming up. You know, rental assistance scams. There's a lot of talk about how folks have been um, affected by COVID and not being able to work and not being able to pay their rents and so forth. And and there's a lot of evictions going on. Scammers notice these things and they take advantage of them. And you may get contacted by a scammer claiming that they can assist you with rental assistance in terms of um, getting some sort of subsidy for it. All they'll need is you fill out an application which contains your personal information or you may ask you to pay a fee. And it's not true. It's just a scam. So as I said before, scammers often after one or two things, either your money or your identity. Those are things to watch out for. So what can someone do if they suspect a scam or that they've fallen victim to a scam? What are what are some of the steps they can take? Sometimes folks feel it, it's um, it's not helpful, but it really is helpful is report the scam. Report the scam to local law enforcement as much information you can. There are sometimes um, feelings that, especially when we're dealing with cyber type of frauds um, that are perpetrated by scammers who are in other countries, there's a feeling, a little bit of feeling of hopelessness, but it does help to report to law enforcement. We can report it to FBI, report it to the FTC, report it on Internet Crimes Crime Center, and things to do, immediate things to do, depending on what the scam is. So if maybe, if, for instance, if your identity was stolen, you can re- report it to the IRS, put it on um, identitytheft.gov. There's a website for that so that those agencies know. You can also, as an immediate, freeze your um, your credit and put alerts on your credit. So if somebody tries to use it, they're not able to access it because it's frozen. And also that you get an alert showing you that somebody has tried to try to use your credit. Those alerts really work. I've, I've used the alerts before. They really work. They, they've worked for me to the point where I've been traveling and forgot to let my credit card companies know that I was traveling and then I wasn't able to use my card until they reach me, which I appreciate it. I was like, oh, I forgot to tell you I was leaving. So. We've had this, a similar experience. Credit card companies are really good at that, at, um, at, especially when you go outside the country or you travel to places that you don't typically go to, blocking your card until you get back to them and, and confirm. And that's also another thing to do once you have been a victim, you know, if money has been stolen, let your financial institution know as soon as possible. They may be able to, you know, depending on how soon you report it, they may be able to block it or stop it or reverse it. Also, some red flags to look out for when you're making payment is if somebody asks you for payment in gift cards or in a money wire transfer, you know, be very cautious about that because once you send that money, that money is gone. You know, consider making payments with credit cards because you have a little more protection on there as opposed to debit cards. 
for instance, if somebody has got your identity, your social security, or your personal information, go and get a credit report. You know, it's helpful to get a credit report because you want to start repairing those things and, and you want to be able to see where your information has been used illegally. If they've opened new accounts in your name, notify those organizations that this is not genuine accounts. So there is a lot of work that unfortunately people have to do to prepare their credit. But at the end of the day, it is something that's that's going to be really important to us. Well, that's so helpful, Strat. I mean, it's it's so helpful to understand that you can report it, that you should report it. Again, no victim shaming here. Report it so that it doesn't happen to others and so that you can have your items cleared up. Now, this is such an emotional thing with so many people. I remember my Aunt Bertha in Washington, D.C. had called me telling me how she was coming upon this windfall sweepstakes that people were going to send her. And I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, they have gotten her. And we ended up having to support her because she has sent a lot of her money away in hopes to get, you know, she had to pay the taxes on a sweepstakes, which, of course, there was no sweepstakes. Sometimes we hear of individuals like this, they get so deep into the scam, especially when there's an emotional connection to the scammer or something, they don't always listen. And I think that she actually had a one of her relatives or a grandson or something was kind of a part of this. So how do we help people that we believe are victims of a scam? Well, that is really a hard one because I, the, there's two things that, well, there's a couple of things that make it really hard. One, you're dealing with an adult. When Sometimes when you approach law enforcement, they say, well, this adult has given their money away willingly, but you do know that you know the person is being scammed or is being manipulated. There's an organization called National Center for Elder Abuse. They have an agency called the FAST team, which stands for Financial Abuse Specialist Team. And they are very, they work specifically in this area. And that's a, a resource that I would always encourage people to contact. They were, they, they're made up of law enforcement, attorney generals, social workers who can work with elder adults. But more immediately, something that I think relatives can do is just continue to talk and provide examples of that this is a scam. It's very difficult to change somebody's mind when they're emotionally invested in it. That's what scammers rely on. They rely on emotional manipulation. You know, if um, somebody comes and befriends you and asks you to send you money, there's an emotional connection you may not be asking necessarily asking yourself the logical questions. Why would I send you my money? Do I know you? And so forth. So it does take time, but those two agencies are really good places for folks to reach out to, to get local help. What f immediate family can do is just continue to be a presence and provide information why what they're experiencing, that explains to them what they're experiencing is, is a scam or a fraud. Oh, thank you for that. This is such wonderful information for our listeners to know. Now, because we are focused in California, how is AARP working locally in California to combat scams? It's great for us to know how to deal with these, but how do we get rid of them? How is AARP helping to just stop it? <laughs> well, one of our most powerful tools really is what we call our fraud fighters. And th these are volunteers that we have. We have about 34 of them here in California 
who are trained in terms of going into the community, putting on presentations on fraud education and prevention, and also sharing the resources that are available through the AARP Fraud Watch Network. They go into the community, they do presentations, they do events, just so folks know about this resource. Another really great way that we're trying to share this information is partnerships, working with the FBI, working with the IRS, and working with the Federal Trade Commission. We typically put on these teletown halls where we call out to um, folks across the country and just share information with them. Around April is always kind of tax time, so we like to do a teletown hall around there reminding folks about you know, the IRS will not call you and ask you to pay your delinquent taxes in gift cards or so forth. How the IRS tax scams work, we let them know and we answer their questions. It's an opportunity for them to ask us questions and it's an opportunity for us to provide an expert to answer their questions. We also do community shred events for free where uh, we go into the community and um, invite folks to come and shred their documents that, that contain sensitive information in a secure and safe way. Because believe it or not, fraudsters and scammers will climb through your trash bags if you <laughs> to look for information that they can use to steal your identity. So, Well, thank you for that. that. That's an amazing service that's offered through AARP as well. So that's great. This is all such great information. How can someone get involved on the daily to help prevent frauds and scams? Well, there's a number of things folks can do. Volunteers are always the best way. Volunteer to share the information that we've shared here. Visit our AARP Fraud Watch Network website. There's a lot of resources there that you can pick up. You can take quizzes. You can download some some pamphlets, some booklets, etc. There's just so much information. Share that information. Encourage folks to report frauds and scams if they see them to their local law enforcement. They can um, report them on our scam tracking map. That way folks can learn and be protected from frauds and scams before it happens to them. Wow. Well, thank you, Strat, so much for joining us for episode two of In Clear Terms with AARP California. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up? I just really want to thank you for this opportunity. As I say, it's always a pleasure to talk to folks or at least to share with folks the importance of um, fraud protection because it's, it's such a devastating crime that can happen to folks. So I really appreciate having the opportunity to speak with you about our Fraud Watch Network. And, um, you know, if you can spot a scam, you can report a scam and you can prevent a scam. So thank you very much for that. you strat for giving us the truth on scams and frauds remember you can call the aarp fraud watch network helpline at 877-908-3360 the helpline is free and available to anyone so if you see or experience a scam or fraud say something at 877-908-3360 We are wrapping up episode number two of In Clear Terms with AARP California. I am your host, Dr. Theon Gordon, looking forward to future episodes where we host experts and elected officials who can shed light on critical issues in our state. How AARP California is working to ensure the voice of those ages 50 plus is heard and 
how you, our listeners, can learn more in clear terms and act on these important decisions. Thank you for listening.